Do you eat your emotions? Are you aware and present when you are consuming food choices? Christina here with Nina's Journey. Each week, we're going to hang out and walk through a topic that's going to light our soul on fire. Together, we're going to unpack past experiences, talk through feelings, and so much more. Together on this podcast, we will learn to love, live, and grow. Because I believe when we learn to love openly, we will begin to live with vulnerability. And ultimately, that is when we grow. Hi, friends. I am back. We are going to do some diving in on a subject around our emotions and how that is related to eating habits. I want to disclose that this could be a triggering episode depending on your relationship with food or how you feel about food. And I just want to be very transparent so that you can decide if you think this would be a good fit for you to continue listening to or not. Friends, this episode was really scheduled to be released like two weeks ago, and I had all of my research ready. I just couldn't read it. As I sat here reflecting back on that, I knew that I had a hesitation on this subject when my fingers were clicking on the keyboard. I was there typing, what is the science behind emotional eating? I mean, I knew that there was a biochemical reason behind some of this, and I really wanted to educate us all on it, including myself. Then, there I was, equipped with some articles, and I had went into the National Eating Disorders Association website, and I was just, you know, curiosity, it got the best of me. I wanted to take it a step further, and that's where I realized and learned that there is a correlation with eating and trauma. Bold lettering, the undeniable relationship between eating disorders, trauma, and PTSD. You have got to be kidding me. Well, I am currently dealing with a PTSD recovery journey, and as I work through my trauma, I'm over here trying to balance actual triggers, triggers that are coming from processing trauma, in all of this, then there's a there's a level of exhaustion here and a state of stress with just life in general, and it literally then feeds, yes, pun intended, into an area of challenge for me. I am one who deals with the concept of emotional eating. What I learned in my research is a message very different than I intended to share when I first sat down. See, I thought I was equipped to just buzz through this and that I was an expert. But I can't wait to share with you everything that I learned. And before we go into a deep dive, I still am partnered up with Nicole here at Mission Nutrition. So I want to talk about the product highlight this week. On this episode, we're going to talk about Prolessa. It's a very good product for helping to curb that snack trigger. I use this every morning in my morning shake. Between this and another product that I'm going to talk about in the next episode, I get a really good curb in what I call empty hunger, or the hunger trigger from sheer boredom. This product has, and I'm hoping that I say this correctly, conjugated ionic acid. It helps decrease body fat. It also has a unique emulsion of 
palm and oat oils, which helps reduce calorie intake and provide a feeling of fullness. Last but not least, it is stimulant-free, which is super important and a must for me. I want my metabolism to work for itself, and I do things to help elevate and train my own metabolism, so I really refrain from stimulants. A side secret that I have, when I'm in a phase of working on fat loss, if I'm working on like body composition or kind of making some adjustments, I will actually mix a scoop of Prolessa with one scoop of Formula One, and I have it before bed. I have seen a really good impact on the visceral counts when I am measured by the scale at the club there. That scale specifically is something that we talk about coming up on an episode with uh, Nicole and I as I did an interview. I really do see that this product makes a difference for me and my hunger, allowing me to focus on fueling when my body truly needs it versus when my emotions or my boredom flare. Next, we have a question from the audience. You seem to stay on top of all things you need to do and complete with a positive attitude. How? Friends, uh, being completely transparent here, I have bad days and hard days. In general, I live with an abundance mindset, which is something that I have had to work on as I clearly suffered from a mindset of scarcity. When I was a single mom of three, I was living paycheck to paycheck, and I was in a very heightened sense of fear for years. I was also living with PTSD and didn't even realize it. But through lots of self-development and working on myself, I have found this way of life where I live in gratitude and with the mindset of abundance. And it shifts the entire tone inside. That is one of the pieces of how I do this. The other notion of how I do this, it's with positivity in that I reflect on my why. Why am I doing this? Why do I want to do this? I generally live and create action with intention and through inspiration. When I do that, it fuels me. It pulls me forward. I have a podcast on motivation versus inspiration, and I truly believe in that. But all that I share, I am not perfect. And I will disclose that comparison is the thief of joy. I would not recommend anyone comparing themselves to others. Our perspectives and approach should be to reflect on our own selves and work to be a better version of who we were yesterday, not necessarily to be like somebody else. I at times have to deal with anger and defeat. It stems from when I feel overwhelmed and my ambition is not actually being channeled. And then under stress, all of that coupled with my symptoms, I just have to be very intentional about my mindset and reflect on any negative or limiting beliefs. I just nip them in the butt immediately. So it is through continual effort and reflection coupled with mindset work that keeps me grateful and it keeps me performing with a positive attitude. Now here we are. Let's talk emotional eating. This is such an imperative topic to unpack when discussing in the space of health and wellness. So when I say emotional eating, what do you feel? 
Is it shame? Guilt? That you feel bad? Do you feel like you'll gain weight? See, in my venture to research the science behind emotional eating, I had an awakening. I thought I knew how to talk about this, but really, it just opened up a whole new world of knowledge for me. I want to be very clear. I am not a dietitian, and I do know one if you are in need. I interviewed Charlotte in an earlier episode this season, but I will link her contact information in the show notes again on this episode. So that being said, the key piece of this entire episode is that eating is emotional. Mind-blowing, right? Seriously, eating is emotional. Think about it. We associate specific foods with holidays, events, and memories. Picture your favorite holiday or childhood meal for that matter. I bet you have these feelings that emerge of happiness, warmth, and joy. Am I right? So if eating is emotional and we have pleasant memories and positive emotional attachment to foods, then why when we say emotional eating, does it imply or create something negative? I'm guilty here too. My hand is up. I went into this episode with the notion of how to help folks through emotional eating. I felt more than qualified as I have eaten my way through a row of Oreos like a champ. What I learned as I prepped this episode is that I need to have a new way of thinking or understanding about food. In fact, our relationship with food is usually not actually about the food itself. We live in a culture that tells us what kinds of foods are quote-unquote right and only certain kinds of eating are acceptable. We live in a diet culture and it is exacerbating the challenges that we have with body image, body shaming, and food shaming. What if I said you can eat emotionally as often as you wanted or needed and you wouldn't gain weight? Would you still be concerned or feel distressed or shame about how you eat? Probably not. That is where I feel that this negative undertone is coming from about emotional eating. I feel that way because I see it in the behaviors. I hear it in the conversations and I experience these same thoughts. Now there is some science that I wanted to share. I mean, that's where I was started with, right? There are three hormones that are at play here. We have cortisol, dopamine, and serotonin. So the science behind this, cortisol is our main stress hormone. It triggers our fight or flight instinct. It regulates how our bodies use carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. So if we are stressed or anxious, cortisol kicks in, and that can make us want to carb load. Stress is what makes us crave sugary, fatty, salty foods because cortisol is flooding our system. Now dopamine. This is a neurotransmitter associated with learning about rewards. It kicks into gear with that promise that something positive is about to happen, like eating a food that you love. Comfort foods, when we turn to them, 
It's because they taste good and they give us that surge of dopamine. There is research that says even anticipating eating certain foods creates or generates that dopamine hit. And lastly, with the science, let's talk serotonin. This is the quote-unquote happy chemical. It uh, is a hormone and a neurotransmitter. Serotonin itself isn't in food, but triapatam, I don't know. Words are hard sometimes, friends. And you want to know what these science terms are even harder. But anyways, it's an amino acid necessary to produce serotonin. And carbs can boost serotonin levels, which can improve mood. And so chocolate, you know, when we're when we're feeling it, we need it. Like there is a link between us, serotonin spike. So as you can see, there are hormones and some biochemical responses here that do lead to certain behaviors that lead to cravings. And I think that's where some of this emotional eating is coming from. And then it gets stepped into the space of where overeating like we're coping with food which ends in like overeating which ends in like weight gain I think that that's where the bridge is being built here with the negative connotation behind emotional eating I know that when I read all of this and then took a long hard look at my behaviors I saw these lines being placed very clearly I found myself having an aha moment it was when I read deeper past the simple science of this and I stepped into the the psychology of it and for me as I prepped this episode it all came to a screeching halt because I stepped into the National Eating Disorders Association like if there's going to be talk about emotional eating like there are really distressing or there are disorders attached to the consumption of food and so when I stepped in there all of this is when it like hit me in the forehead with a two by four again there was the headline undeniable relationship between eating disorders trauma and PTSD so what is an eating disorder it's an abnormal or disturbed eating habit and again it's rarely even about food there's a root cause here friends our emotions and perceptions and experiences. I'm learning that unresolved trauma can contribute to the development of other conditions, even physical disease. And we really all know that, right? This article that I found described the relationship particularly for um, bulimia nervosa and binge eating disorder and trauma. I want to read a specific section from this article for you. A study in 2007 showed that there were or there are many types of trauma that can be associated with eating disorders including neglect, sexual assault, sexual harassment, physical abuse and assault, emotional abuse, emotional and physical neglect including food deprivation, teasing and bullying. Brewerton 2007 is the site that they quoted in this article. Furthermore, according to a study in 2001, women who reported sexual trauma were significantly more likely to exhibit psychopathology in controls including higher rates of both PTSD and EDs, which are eating disorders. That's really important for us to all just pause here. When we're talking 
childhood trauma, whether that's through emotional or physical neglect, any sort of sexual harassment or a sexual assault or abusive relationships, there's a very clear link here. It truly is just all powerful stuff. Specifically, as I am currently working through my own PTSD recovery journey, and I'm unpacking layers of trauma in my story. Not once did I make this connection that my symptoms and my eating patterns were completely hinged on one another. While I noticed unhealthy choices, and when I was feeling unsteady during my flare-ups, I just didn't get the concrete line drawn about the chemical reactions or the action of stuffing down emotions, the avoidance of my triggers, a dissociation even at times. Knowledge is so powerful, but really it's when you use that knowledge, when you flex it, that's where the true power becomes. This has all taught me so much as I stepped into preparing for this episode. I learned in the articles that purging can be seen as a way to get rid of something, unwanted emotion, memory, or symptoms. Binging is the opposite. It has been seen as filling a void, trying to stuff something down, emotion, memory, or symptom. Friends, it is okay to be emotional. Emotions are like waves. You cannot stop them. Stand in one of those wave pools at the swimming park or at the ocean. You can not physically block a wave from moving forward. It moves through you. And the more that you try, the more that you give all of the energy thinking that you can stop the wave, it becomes exhausting. I would encourage you to really become fluid and move with the wave. Embrace it and find a way to move with it as it comes through you. Taking an inventory of how you may be using food to cope and remember that we must recognize the behavior and why we are doing it. Try to refrain from guilt, shame, or attaching a negative to what happens. If you choose to consciously cope through something that brings you comfort, be okay with that. Emotional eating does not harm us. Unresolved trauma or unrecognized emotions or unacknowledged feelings, that inevitably is what will cause us harm. If you are balancing activity with how you feel your body, then that is health and wellness, my friends. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Nina's Journey, learning to love, live, and grow. If you liked today's episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss any future episodes. I will leave you with this from Joel Osteen. Your job is not to judge. Your job is not to figure out if someone deserves something. Your job is to lift the fallen, to restore the broken, and to heal the hurting. And that's what we do here on Nina's Journey.